Millennials are now the biggest age demographic in Canada, but it's rare that you hear them talk about what they think of their own generation. My name is David Birnbaum. Welcome to The Safe Space. With me today are Mark Grady, Prarthana Chandran, and Shira Stemmer. I want to start with a simple question. How do you feel being called a millennial? What does that bring up for you? It's kind of something that I've just owned at this point. You know, I'm you know, a proud person in general, and I don't really let, you know, I know where you're going with this question. There's so much negative connotation behind the term millennial. The word entitled almost like fits in front of the word naturally. So um, no, I don't, I don't really let it bother me too much. I'm a millennial. It's just uh, a definition of the age demographic that I'm in, like you were saying. I know that you've expressed different opinions on that. Yeah, so I am at, I guess, the forefront of the millennial time period, and I don't actually consider myself a true millennial when I think about, you know, those who are 10 years younger than me. I feel like those really fit the stereotype of what a millennial is, but I do understand that even people within my own age group, um, being born in the mid-80s, we do carry some of the generation before us and also some of the qualities and characteristics of the millennial generation. So I feel like I'm kind of in this transient uh, period of the millennial generation. Yeah, for me it really like, it does come down to, it's just fairly arbitrary, like any of the generations, they kind of just define it. But there, there has been these negative connotations of what millennials are and what I really want to try and get at here is you know, what do we think we are? You know, whether or not you like it and whether or not we like it, according to like the definitions of our generation, we are all a part of it. And it, isn't it really up to us to define what our generation will stand for? And obviously, you know, you can never really do that. There's so much, um, there's so much diversity among any group of people, but really when it comes to things like politics and when it comes to just how we want to exist in society, we do have to kind of figure out, you know, what will our expectations be of ourselves and of our society because we're going to be in control of it at some point and we could be in control of it now. So who here would consider themselves politically engaged and why aren't you? No, I, could, I wouldn't consider myself politically engaged primarily because I don't align with a particular political party consistently. Um, but I keep myself up to date and I'm passionate about issues, right? Um, less so about partisan politics. So for that reason, I wouldn't consider myself politically engaged, but I care about things. Yeah. Yeah. I would not consider myself <laughs> engaged either. Um, maybe for slightly different reasons. Well, essentially it goes back to like, yeah, I care about real issues that affect me on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and like the people in my life are like the immediate problems. So I feel like, oh, if I just get into that politics world, it's just a bunch of people yelling at each other on screen. And I believe that like they're not solving any problems by doing that because I think they're not communicating properly. And you, you know, even just by having this one discussion, we can like talk about issues. And then I feel like if we were talking about a specific problem, we could work on a solution together mm -hmm. because there's so many like little aspects um, to every problem. But instead, if you're just going to point fingers and blame, which I don't want even our generation to do, right? I don't think we should blame like the older generations for anything. I think we should be thankful for what we have and like work on it to make our lives better and our children's lives better. So um, for that reason, I think there's just a bunch of red tape um, that is unnecessary. So I think we should 
come at it from a practical approach and just work together as a team, like that engineering team mentality, you know, to solve the problem. Like, yeah, it's complicated, but there's a workable solution. A lot of studies have shown that millennials are very engaged on issues they care about. They're very engaged with, you know, not-for-profits and things like that, but they're completely disengaged from politics. And it's because they don't like the partisan politics uh, that exists now. And I think that's the fundamental problem, is politics as a whole, left, right, center, it's not reflecting what our generation cares about at all. The system is failing us. You know, we're not happy with what's going on, but again, that comes back to entitlement. Like, why should the world be the way we want it to be if we're not going in and changing it and we're not having the say and making the changes we want to see, right? And, you know, a big example is climate change. That's a very important thing, you know, fairly across the board for our generation and we all take it quite seriously. Why are we entitled to a clean climate? If we're not willing to go and fight for these things, you know, the companies have power, the older generation might not agree. You know, why should they care what we think if we're not going to go and fight for our opinions? I think that there are groups of people that are trying to fight. They may just not have the strength in numbers necessarily. I think that a lot of people take a very apathetic approach, which is someone else is doing it for me, so why do I have to go and add my voice or add my signature? I also think that it's defeating when you express a certain concern, either as an individual or as a group, and then those big companies and the big you know, government, big bad government, swats it aside. So I think over time you're like, well, what difference does my opinion make anyway? And I see that in, like, at a work level, even within, not necessarily my company, but, you know, you can experience that on a personal level, right? I'm going to express a problem I have to you as an individual that I have a friendship with, a relationship, whatever, and you're going to swap me aside. I'm not going to come back and do it again. Then you multiply that on a provincial, a federal, a global level, and I think our generation in general there's maybe like a big divide between the super passionate activists and the people who either don't care or are tired of caring. Mm -hmm. And I think you need to somehow meet in the middle where you have those extremely passionate people leading something that people will continue to be engaged in and build on and build on and build on until there are those movements, the waves of change that start happening yeah. because it, it's tough. That requires a lot of work. You know, it's, it's super important, um, the, you know, the power, like you were saying before, millennials are the largest voting demographic now, and so the potential power of this voting group can help improve our quality of lives. But I also think that if we're, so we're the biggest voting body by age demographic, but within millennials, you're going to have, if we take Canada, for example, you're going to have NDP, you're going to have um, liberal, you're going to have conservative, and you're going to have Green Party and other independents that are all supported. So we're diluting our own voice by splitting up the way that we want to see the world within our own demographic. But see, I think it's actually not as complicated as that because I think across all of the parties, millennials feel not represented, mm -hmm. right? I'll talk to conservative millennials, I'll talk to liberal NDP millennials, and I'll talk to, you know, the average millennial who is not engaged at all in partisan politics and couldn't care less. And we're not well represented by any political party. So it's like, you know, the existing infrastructure has failed us. How do we best try and make that difference? Or do we care? Because at some point, you know, 
we will have to run the society. At some point, you know, we're talking about our future more so than our parents' future. You know, if you just talk about the next 50 years, it impacts us more than them because we're younger. And one thing I actually want to bring up specifically and get everyone's opinion on, but particularly yours as the older millennial, is, you know, I say it, within the millennial demographic, there's this kind of divide. There's the, I call it the kids versus keggers divide, right? There's the millennials who still like partying and don't want to take the responsibility. And there's the ones who, you know, at any point between early 20s to early 30s are settling down and having kids and things like that. And does it not impact your life more sooner? If you have kids you're going to be raising, if you have a house you want to be buying, as people settle down, they tend to care more about politics because it impacts their life more immediately, right? And there's been this delay because, you know, our generation isn't settling down as quickly. Mm -hmm. But at some point, millennials do have a lot of sway. And, you know, we made a big impact in the last federal election around electing Justin Trudeau. 68% of millennials voted and you know that was largely credited the liberals win was largely credited to that maybe people were uninformed and voting because Justin Trudeau takes nice selfies maybe that was the case and you know as someone who cares more and it actually impacts their life would you not want to encourage people to vote based on more than that i think there's a big gap in education so unless you take it upon yourself to read about the parties and decide for yourself who you support and why, I don't feel like it's readily available in our society. Like when I was deciding who to vote for, I mean, our, my parents are historically voting in one way. A lot of people just vote the way their parents vote because it's easier. It's what you grew up knowing or you latch on to certain ideals of certain political parties and you vote based on that one thing, whereas they may have a hundred different um, platforms that they're trying to implement, you know, should they get in office. So I think that this last election, I did try to inform myself better um, based on some of the conversations we even had, or maybe I was thinking not explicitly, but, you know, knowing that I'm entering this next kind of phase of my life and how the decisions of who's in office now will impact the way education is 10 years from now and the way how like a house buying especially right i can't afford to buy a house now but i really do think that in general across the board regardless of what party you may align to there needs to be better public education on what does it mean like the words that the politicians are saying how is it going to impact me i went and read the liberals you know however many page document on all of their policies and at the end of it all i was like okay now what and the other thing, from my perspective, I'm not politically engaged because I really don't feel that things happen in a quick enough fashion to actually make an impact before the next election rolls around. And then you may end up with, you know, Stephen Harper in office for 10 plus years or however long he was in office. And so changes start happening because the party's in for that long. There was a period of time where we had a minority government and then now we have Trudeau in. Is he going to last? Who knows? So I think that there's such a turnover that there's no faith in the system that what you vote in is actually going to happen. So you end up just living your life day to day, accepting it is what it is. And unless you're passionate about a specific issue and get involved with that group of people, say on climate change or LGBTQT rights or whatever, my day to day is not impacted by federal, my thoughts on federal politics, let's say, or provincial politics. Yeah. That's very fair. How do we better, 
how do we start to better educate people? Like it's such an important thing because it really does, whether people like to admit it or not, it, politics controls pretty much everything. They control everything that's going on. And you know, I think a big piece of it is consumption has changed. Our generation consumes things very differently than previous generations. Our parents, you know, they would get a daily newspaper, they'd read about what's going on a bit, they'd watch the news like maybe once a night, the, there was the standard nine o'clock news or whatever, and they'd have an idea of what's going on. And do we, do we want that? Or do we just not care? Is it, is it not there? Why aren't we getting informed? I think that it's almost, inf for me, it's information overload. So I can go to my Instagram newsfeed, my Facebook newsfeed, I can go to any one of the major news outlets um, websites and read whatever I want about anything in the world. And at a certain point, it's like, okay, I'm done. I'm done, I don't care, I'm done. I'm just like, it's too much. So I'm gonna go back to my book that I'm reading and my you know, garbage show that I'm watching on Slice because that's just, you know, keeps me sane. I think that I would actually go insane if I tried to make sense of all of the information out there. And I think for me what's lacking is some kind of clear, neutral news to say if you take an issue and compare NDP's policy to Conservatives' policy to Liberals' policy, this is what their main output is. Give me a chart. I'll vote based on a chart. <laughs> <laughs> the chart would be nice. Yeah. That's what I wanted to um, touch on from your last point. And I think we should like start training kids um, about politics more so in school. It should be like mandatory because it's going to be something that affects them. Like everyone's going to have to buy a house at one point, except I like we never had that talk in class um, about how much like houses cost or like other real world issues. And like instead of just sending our kids off to go get a university degree that they might never use, like spend the time to talk about real world problems. Like I think it's great even that we have like cooking classes in high school, but like why not make things like that mandatory, right? So that we learn real life skills that are gonna have a real effect on the problems that we have to solve. I know that in Ontario, at least, we have, I think, grade 10 civics, yeah. where you learn about the, the method of voting and the method of democracy, but you don't actually learn about what it means and current, right? So as a grade 10, I knew that there were MPs and number of MPs equals, you know, a prime minister or a mi minority government or whatever it is. But honestly, that's still all I really know about our voting system. Yeah, they're not talking about things like how bills are passed and how, how, regulation, how legislation is made and things like that and how um, we as individuals can be involved in that process. I think that's what's missing from the civics class. And the government gives the vote at 18. You're still in high school at that point. You know, whose job is it to make sure that that's an informed vote? I didn't know what I was doing at 18. I voted for Stephen Harper because I, wa I liked the sound of a majority government. That's all it was, right? Um, and perhaps I regret that now, I'm not sure. But I didn't have anything else to go on because I wasn't well informed. I have friends that to this day will not vote because they don't know who to vote for and they'd rather not vote than vote erroneously mm -hmm. and i think that also comes down to education and not knowing how i also they also feel like their one vote doesn't matter but if you have 32 percent of millennials who don't vote because they don't feel their vote matters then you end up with potentially a huge swing in what could be versus what is that is literally my problem you said it like perfectly right yeah well it doesn't help that political parties are generally not well 
focused from a policies perspective towards issues that millennials care about. Um, they could definitely do a lot better on appealing to millennials and that's something that, uh, that is definitely a priority for all of these um, political parties in Canada now, definitely. One thing I want to bring up that I find is a very interesting kind of analogy, and it's a fairly simple one. I was very involved in student politics in university, and all of the sentiments I hear now about real politics are the same ones I heard in student politics. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. You know, you think it's just a small group of people who only care about themselves. It doesn't really impact how you are in your university education. Why do you even care, mm -hmm. right? And that very well may be true in a university setting, you know? I can say that I wasn't happy with the impact student government had, but the real government has a lot of impact. So to hear those same sentiments expressed is actually quite concerning to me that the population feels that the government doesn't reflect their values. Do you think that there will be a shift now as the millennial generation is kind of at its end, right? There's a new generation of kids being born and that the youngest millennials will be approaching a voting age very soon, if not already. So I almost am curious to see what's going to happen in the next federal election to see if they will make those changes, gearing more towards millennials now, finally recognizing that we do make up such a huge voting body, whereas in the last federal election, and especially the one before that, we were still like, you know, stupid kids that didn't matter because they're still appealing to our parents' generation and the boomers and... Well, my response to that is that actually it seems to be they're trying to, but millennials are so not generally engaged that none of the parties really know what we care about because we're not telling them. You know, you look at Justin, you know, they say that the generational shift, when it happens in one political party, it happens in all of them. So Justin Trudeau was like the first young leader, and now we have Jagmeet Singh for the NDP and Andrew Scheer for the Conservatives, right? So they are trying to appeal to a younger demographic. Now but Trudeau's in, the oldest of the three, yeah. Yeah, Trudeau's actually the oldest now, and they're trying to tell us what they think we care about, yeah. but so few of us are actually saying what that is, so they don't really know. And, you know, so it's, again, it's kind of a chicken and egg thing. Are the political parties not representing us because we're not involved? Or are we not involved because the political parties aren't representing the issues we care about? Statistically, millennials are um, more repulsed by partisan politics, so that also doesn't help them to begin with. The framework that our government works within is ugly to us, mm -hmm. and so they're definitely having um, a hard time with that. But is it not up to us to change that then? If like we're talking about what our future and our kids' futures will look like, who's going to change that if not us? Definitely. Uh, but like I was saying before, it's work. It's a lot of work and it takes a lot of persistence and, you know, activism and uh, being politically engaged is, uh, it, it takes up some of your, it takes time, it takes energy, right? So. Well, that goes back to the feeling of, you know, lazy and unengaged and unmotivated millennials where in, as in general, we'd like to see changes, but we can, someone else can do it for us. But you know what? Like, even the fact that we're sitting here having these conversations now, like, we do care about this, right? So maybe it's up to us to like take responsibility and like start a millennial party, you know, where we know how to connect with our generation. So like we can tell them exactly, like they'll, we'll understand them essentially. And so we'll know what their problems are and we can relate to them and like how to like reach them and solve the problems that we're going through. And really the fundamental thing for me, it's not that millennials don't care. We are engaged on these issues and we do care. 
Millennials just are sick of how politics is. They have their issues they care about. They have how they want their future to be. They just don't see how that's politics because politics seems so broken, right? And so it's literally just making that connection that everything we care about is politics, even if they're not making it politics right now. And it's, it is as simple as talking about it. The more we talk about it, the political parties want to get our vote, right? They just don't know what it is that will get that for them. If we just have these discussions and talk about them out loud, they will start to listen. One thing that really inspired me, I was actually talking with the leader of the Libertarian Party of Canada, and he said he's never going to be prime minister. He doesn't expect to win, but if he talks about the issues he cares about, and if enough people happen to agree, it will shift the other parties towards those issues. Because if enough people talk about something, all of the parties care about it. I was just going to give a little funny story, yeah. but um, I actually didn't care much for politics until you shared your first podcast with me, and that actually sold me. And um, so, so good job on that. I think like our generation should watch that. And I actually started caring because my whole life, like my dad's been telling me to like go watch the news, go watch the news, and I'm like, eh, I have homework to do or like something else, or like I have to go talk to my girlfriend or something, right? But it made it like exciting, or yeah. Well, I think so. that is a great note to end it on. Thank you very much. Um, and thanks to the whole panel for coming on and talking about this. Obviously, you know, it's something I'm very passionate about and I hope all of you become passionate about as well. This is the future we're talking about, our future. And it's very important that we start to be engaged. So I'd love to hear about what you care about. Thank you for tuning into The Safe Space and we hope to see you next time.